0: This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Coligard. Learn more at exactsciences.com.
1: Welcome to On the Cover, a weekly Mad Splainers feature. I'm podcast producer Natalie Yar, and each week I sit down with the reporter behind our latest cover story to find out why it matters. Today, I'm here with Captime State Government reporter Brianna Riley. Welcome, Brianna. Hi, Natalie. So, listeners, just a reminder that things might sound a little different than usual since we're now recording our shows remotely from our own homes. We're taking the social distancing thing pretty seriously, and we hope you are too. So Brianna, you wrote about how the COVID-19 pandemic has led to some drastic changes for Wisconsin businesses. What are some of the sectors that are hit the hardest by these changes?
0: That's a great question. And honestly, it's some of the sectors that are both most visible and some of the th- some of the ones that we don't see um, very often, right? So it's it's the restaurants, it's the bars, it's the broader hospitality industry as a whole. So think about hotels. I think Zach Brandon with the Greater Madison Chamber of Commerce put it best when he said the hospitality industry is always the canary in every recession it is. And this is no different. So we're seeing them sort of bearing the brunt of the, the first wave of impact. And then, of course, there's been subsequent waves since. But it's, it's hard to find a business that's not in some way impacted by this, uh, is, is what I'll say. And what steps are Wisconsin
1: businesses taking to cope?
0: It depends on the industry. Um, if there is, you know, some flexibility or some innovations that business owners can employ. For example, we're seeing in the restaurant industry, we're seeing um, menus kind of being retailed to support a more carry-out focused or curbside pickup focused type of business. We're seeing bars that are doing, um, you know, craft cocktail kits. Some restaurants are doing that too. So um, even though they can't necessarily you know, make you a cocktail and put it in in a to-go cup, you can still pick up, you know, the the ingredients to mix it for yourself at home. There are, you know, different sectors just in the, you know, South Central Wisconsin area that were outlined in the Great State, Wisconsin State Journal story from this weekend that are kind of innovating with medical supplies and trying to make more of those available for, for folks. So there's a lot of room for innovation in this time and creativity. But the success to which it has been deployed across different industries is, is different.
1: Tell me about some of those businesses that have switched to producing new products, as you said, in response to the pandemic.
0: Yeah. Um, Midwest Prototyping, as the State Journal story laid out, is making face shields. Atwell Medical Solutions is producing um, hand sanitizer now. We're seeing some, you know, liquor distilleries that are also making hand sanitizer, um, which has been pretty cool to see. Yahara Bay, for example, um, was was pretty quick to switch into that realm. There's just been a lot of cool innovations in the Madison area in spite of all of this uncertainty and concern over this pandemic.
1: And looking back at the restaurants, one restaurant owner told you that she thought that actually laying off her employees might be the best thing for those employees, given the circumstances. Why was she saying that?
0: Yeah, this is Chris Austin of Fair Oaks Diner, and this was mid-March, so kind of right in the midst of all of the federal, the beginning of the federal legislation. So at that point, she was thinking, well, if I'm not making the money on to-go stuff to be able to pay my workers, then at least I can lay them off and then they'll be able to collect unemployment insurance. And she made the tough decision. Um, her, her decision affected two full-time employees and also two part-time workers that she had just hired recently. But obviously, only the two full-time employees would have been able to collect unemployment insurance. And her decision is, it's a tough one. And it's what a lot of employers are kind of sorting through right now is what makes the most sense and also what's safe for my employees at this time. She was saying that prior to her making the decision, she had held some, some staff meetings with everyone. And there was a lot of concern and fear about potentially contracting the virus themselves or getting it from a customer or passing it along to a customer. And it's really scary. And um, she understood those concerns from her employees and and also was trying to put them in the best position to um, weather this crisis personally as well.
1: And some restaurants are opting to stay open for now. What's going into that decision, do you think?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's really dependent on what kind of infrastructure is already in place for these restaurants, right? So Culver's for example is still open and they have the the great drive-through window already in place. There is already kind of that pick-up to go mentality instilled in customers that they know that that's an option there already that exists. So that has been a really good benefit for them. Obviously they've still lost business like everyone else, but they they're able to stay open at the very least and, and utilize those options. Because dining, in person dining is completely, you know, banned at this point, basically restaurants have had to get creative about curbside pickup options. Uh, some restaurants are better suited for that than others, just based on the layout of the restaurant, interestingly enough. So it's, it's these logistical challenges that make it a little bit more difficult to navigate the industry in this time. But all of these restaurants are, are trying to work around that or, again, util- utilize or leverage their existing resources t- to do so.
1: And you got access to these forms called Economic Disaster Injury Worksheets. What are those and what did they show you?
0: Yeah, they're very interesting. So businesses across the state, uh, around 20 in all, filled out these forms. And these are businesses that are restaurants or bars, small retailers, hotels, caterers, manufacturers, event spaces, and others. So it's a good good swath of of different employers. But they filled those out so that they could submit them to the, the state jobs agency because Governor Tony Evers earlier this month had sent a letter to the Federal Small Business Administration requesting loan assistance. And to kind of prove that, you know, businesses were were being impacted here by, by the pandemic, Governor Evers, in his letter, referenced these surveys, these forms that business owners had filled out to try to sort of, I guess, quantify is the right word here, to to showcase the impact that we're seeing in Wisconsin on small businesses. And so SBA, the federal SBA, did approve Wisconsin's request um, for loan assistance for small businesses last week. So that's really notable. But after I saw that those surveys referenced in the letter, I decided to request them from the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation. So it gives us really good insight. Obviously they're a little bit dated now because they were um, submitted around March 16th and 17th. But even at that time, it's a really interesting snapshot into the calculation these different business owners were trying to make in terms of should I be keeping employees on at this point? How much revenue have I already lost? And this is obviously kind of the early days of orders, ever-evolving orders from, from state and national officials on, on the pandemic. But it's a really interesting moment in time that still kind of holds up, you know, as, as business owners are still navigating these difficult decisions. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs.
1: Whose job is it to track the effect on Wisconsin businesses and to help them recover from the effects of this pandemic?
0: Yeah, it might be strange to think about, but we're already in a place where, I mean... Now, I'm not going to minimize the the pain and uncertainty that business owners are going through because, you know, everyone is still scrambling at this point, right? Everything is evolving on still a near daily or, you know, minute by minute basis sometimes. But business leaders in the community, especially here in, in the greater Madison area, are able to kind of start trying to figure out how to quantify this. So um, the State Economic Development Corporation has been working with its regional partners to try to, you know, to try to do just that, you know, send out surveys to different businesses and, and, and figure out exactly what the revenue loss has been from all of this. We're still a few weeks out, at least in, in the Madison area in Dane County, um, for sending something out like that, but it wouldn't necessarily be WEDC itself that that administers those surveys. Rather, the agency's regional partners around the state, so the Greater Madison Chamber of Commerce, for example, would help you know put together the survey, collect information, and then funnel it through to WEDC. WEDC would then collect information from and centralize it from all of these different regional partners and then at some point be able to publicize the effects that we're seeing um, economically. So again we're a couple of weeks out it sounds like from beginning that process but it's already in the works even as we're still seeing businesses grappling, you know, with the day-to-day struggles of of keeping their operations afloat.
1: What do we know about how the federal stimulus package might help Wisconsin businesses?
0: Yeah, so President Donald Trump on Friday signed a $2 trillion stimulus package into law. At the state level, we're still trying to figure out what that means for for all of us, right? So um, different industries, different groups in the state have been working within their industry to try to get information um, to individual business owners. So for example, the Wisconsin Restaurants Association has been holding webinars and sending out information to its members to try to educate them about what it all means for them, if there are loans available that they can apply to and so on. So we're still trying to figure out what exactly is in it and what opportunities there are for small business owners and for you know us as individuals because of that legislation.
1: And we've heard some people comparing the economic consequences of COVID-19 to prior disasters like September 11th or the Great Recession. Um, What did the people you talked to say about those analogies?
0: Yeah, some restaurant owners actually had compared it, at least in its initial days, to to, um, construction work done outside the business, because that kind of, you know, dampened um, foot traffic or maybe forced them to think in creative ways about how to stay afloat. But as, as this has continued, it seems like comparisons to the September 11th, 2001 terrorist attacks or the Great Recession have sort of been tossed aside, I guess. I think Deb Archer with Destination Madison made a really good point when she said that the fallout would probably linger much longer in this event versus the other two. And she said that, you know, in the lifetime of most of us here, there just really hasn't been anything like it. So we're we're sort of grappling with a, a new situation here in terms of, you know, what the is gonna be, how consumers' habits will change. And once we're on the recovery side of things, when and how different business sectors will start to be activated, right? And um, if bans on large gatherings would still remain in place, if those will slowly be lifted, or if it'll just sort of all come off at once, you know, and and suddenly we can gather in a room with 250 of our closest friends again, Uh, it's it's just it's really unclear at this point. But there are very interesting questions to ask as we, you know, kind of look forward and you know are optimistic about about this coming to an end soon.
1: And compared to other economies, how well positioned is Madison to recover from this downturn?
0: This is a really good question, and... um Greater Madison Chamber of Commerce's Zach Brandon is very, very optimistic about it. He said, you know, our area is positioned really well for recovery because we have a diverse economy that doesn't depend on a single industry. So if you think about it, I mean, we have agriculture, manufacturing, healthcare, technology, a strong public sector base, and quite a few others, which helps, you know, diversify the economy, strengthen it, like I mentioned before. And he also pointed to the area's young, educated workforce that he said adds additional protections to the region. And um, kind of going back to the idea that this crisis has hit in waves, it hasn't just hit different sectors of the economy in waves, but it's hit different parts of the world in waves, right? So as we're kind of struggling struggling with this now, we're seeing in other parts of the world that supply chains are and will continue to be rebuilt. So hopefully as Madison emerges, that'll just leave us in a position, he thinks, where we can, you know, kind of take advantage of all of that. And um, he said that it's his firm belief that Madison will be uh, one of the bright spots coming out of the recovery. So that's a really optimistic and positive way to think about it.
1: Absolutely. And what are you watching for next on this story?
0: I am really excited to see some solid numbers. So like I mentioned before, you know, there are business officials already that are trying to gauge the impact of this. So I'm I'm looking forward to being able to really see what's going on with that. We're seeing some some figures nationally, right? And others in, in specific to different sectors nationally, but we really haven't seen anything sort of all encompassing statewide. So I'm, you know, looking forward and also very nervous to seeing what those figures are. But I think it'll be a really good you know, it it'll, it'll be really good to have that information, especially as state officials and national officials, you know, start, start planning for recovery.
1: Definitely. Brianna, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Brianna Riley, who spends her days tracking state politics and Wisconsin-wide issues. Tune in next week for an interview with higher education reporter Yvonne Kim. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to the Mad Spliners on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you do your listening, and leave us a review while you're there. Also, be sure to check out our other podcasts, including The Corner Table, all about food and drink in Madison, and Wedge Issues, all about state politics. Until next time, thanks for listening.